quest to bring you rock and roll music that deserves to be heard here on Radio Bypass. We keep bringing you as many new bands as we can. And today, we've got a couple of guys from a band called In Theory. You may have heard their songs on previous episodes of Radio Bypass. But I am pleased to welcome Mike Mostert and Tony Cavino to Radio Bypass to tell us all about In Theory. How you doing, guys? I'm doing great. Doing great, Ralph. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Good, good. Are you, are you keeping safe, keeping healthy during these crazy times? I, I'm trying. I mean, so far as I know, our house has remained COVID-free, so I think we're okay. Things are starting to open back up. In, I'm in Chicago, so things are starting to open up a bit in our state. And then um, our neighbors to the north, Wisconsin, have kind of opened up. So we'll have to see over the next few weeks if there's a new spike. But um, right now, everything seems pretty good. Good. Great. Good to hear. Yes, it is. So, guys, um, we were talking a little bit uh, before we started this interview about the In Theory Band, and your um, first couple of songs are on a record, the Go-Go Tuner Family Record. And, Mike, uh, you are part of Go-Go Tuners, part of that company, guitar tuning company, and you put together this project, the Go-Go Tuner Family Album, and as you're doing that, it sounds like In Theory was kind of born out of that. Tell us about... uh, how in theory came together. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, that's true. So I started these the Go Go Tuner record about uh, close to two years ago, and I wanted to create a um, a unique collaboration record with the with the artists because there's so many high pro- profile artists within um, within the company, I mean, from you know from country to jazz to rock to I mean every genre. I'm fortunate to have, you know, the, the best of the best, you know, and, and this covers everything. So I was, you know, it just, I just had an idea in my head, like, you know what, no one's really did a, a roster record, so to speak. And, um, you know, when I started doing this record, you know, I started going down the line. It's like, well, would you, with the arts, would you like to do it? It was yes, yes, yes. And then when I got to the seventh or eighth, it was like, Mike, do you want to write? I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. And then I went, even one step further where I started writing and co-writing and then producing the record. And of course, you know, for my relationship with, with, with Tony Cavino is Tony and I were signed to EMI records way back, um, you know, in, in the, um, in the nineties to, to EMI and, um, you know, in a hard rock metal band. And, you know, and through the years, Tony had, and I have actually created a lot of music. That's, um, probably on, on many of your favorite TV shows. Um, but, um, it just made sense to have Tony be a part of it. And as this thing started developing, we noticed like, yeah, there's a real band emerging out of the collaborations. That's a little bit separate than the other songs that are on the record. And I have Tony as part of the collaborations on two other songs, but as far as the in theory songs that Tony and I recognize, this is how we would write a hard rock or a heavy metal song in 2019 to in 2020, it felt very comfortable. It was a different pair of shoes, but it was very comfortable to get back into these shoes. Mm-hmm. And who better than with Tony? I mean, Tony's one of the best singers in rock, and you know, I think it, I think people will, you know, um, will will agree once when they start hearing his his vocals. So that's how this whole thing started coming around. Got it. And then um, you you said you both collaborated on TV shows before. Yeah, yeah, we've been on um, yeah from on HBO and Showtime and NBC and 
yeah, we, we did a movie called uh, Sex Drive with, um, I think it was Seth, uh, Seth Green. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think, in, in fact, there's um, there was the Anna Nicole movie, which I think was on. Uh, A&E, I believe, right? It was A&E, and it was the yeah. number one watched show on A&E of all time. Wow. And Tony and I provided music uh, for a scene in that movie. Cool. So you guys have worked together for a long time and then, you know, work, worked on these songs together. So um, right now, where's things at within theory? You guys working on material then for a full album release or what, what's going on with the band right now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, we, we were getting so much traction from the, um, the in theory music that um, Tony and I decided, you know, let's, let's make a record you know, like an inferior record that was separate from the, the, the Congo world. And it was, it was a really just like a progression of, of events. And, and one of them was bringing Tony down to, to Muscle Shoals. So I have a second place that's in Muscle Shoals. I'm not sure if you know the history of Muscle Shoals. I surely um, do. And I brought Tony down and originally it was just for it to do pictures, but I was like, well, just have Tony down. Let's, um, bring in one of the original swappers you know who the swappers are mm, no i don't guess i do okay that that term does not ring a bell with me okay the the swappers are these rhythm sections there's five guys or six guys uh, that were responsible for about two billion records sold i mean they played on you know rolling stones and leonard skinner that they created aretha franklin sound percy sledge wilson pickett uh, Carol King, I mean, Lyndon Ross, I mean, it goes, the list is deep, it'll blow you away of this rhythm section that was all this stuff. And now they're up there. They were like 77, 78 years old. Um, and last year, two of the guys died and there's only two original swappers left. And one was a keyboardist. His name is Spooner Oldham. And he's one who really, if it wasn't for him, Aretha would have not, never made it in music and that's how impactful he is like he's sort of like the vocalist keyboardist for r&b and blues mm -hmm. and um i thought like you know what, what, what that'll be a really cool thing for to do with tony so you know i reached out to spooner and who never it's funny there's this guy spooner the last three things he's done and i always feel like you know which one of these things don't belong but maybe we do belong in, in a way was he did a duet with Elton John at the at the Oscars, played on Jack White's last record, and then the session he did with Tony and I. It's the last three things he's done in two years. And um, so what occurred that when Tony and I were started recording, there's also a mystique about the, the Tennessee River. It's called the Singing River. And there's, there's so many great stories of how it's so inspirational from like the Almer Brothers to Paul McCartney to... Like Stephen Tyler, when he recorded it, he was in tears. It just moved him so much. So to bring Tony down, and I think he was feeling the inspiration of that area uh, on one, and I think he was feeling pressure of like, you know, Rival Sons records there, you know, Stephen Tyler records there, you, Aretha Frank, I mean, you name it, all the legends I've recorded there. And um, so it was a sense of like inspiration, and I think there was music that came out of Tony. And also, I say even myself, that I never thought was in me, and that really, I felt, took in theory to a whole other level. Like it was one level that was on the Go-Go record. It was just, I felt like, tip of the iceberg. Getting to play with these R&B guys put it to a whole other level. 
and the stuff that we're working on is, you know, and Tony and I have done a few TV shows doing um, acoustic versions of the songs and not even really being strategic about just what's coming naturally. And we're getting compared to like, you know, like an early Zeppelin or, you know, like Zeppelin 1 and 2 or like a swampy Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, or Zeppelin and how would Zeppelin sound in twenty twenty? And but we're, we're not really going for that sound. That's what's naturally coming out. So we're, we're I mean, we're just beyond excited about um, this new material that we're putting out. And um, yeah, I mean, we Tony and I have um, at least on my end, I have about forty fifty pages of uh, new songs and recording. <laughs> and Tony, I think he he, he really broke two hard drives. Um, <laughs> with all his <laughs> ideas for, for songs and yeah. um, and we're really just bringing this to like a, a, a brand new level for both of us that it's such a level that we're, we're both uncomfortable because it's it's so new and, and you know, we want it to be we want people to be just as excited as we are about this material and I feel like there's high expectations from uh, the feedback that we're getting and you know of course the pressure that we put on ourselves on this Sure. And um, so, yes, yeah, so we're we're just really excited. In fact, that we have almost five songs in the can already. And um, right now, I'm out in LA, and we have um, you know some you know Stevie Wonder's people are, are helping with create a choir on one of the songs, and um, and I have the drummer who plays it. Uh, he he plays Terry Bozio on Missing Persons, and um, and he plays with Sebastian Bach and Frankie Valli and a few other folks. And he's laying down drums this Sunday on on, on the uh, on the track. So yeah, there's there's a lot going on with the interior band. I would say so. So um, the the person you mentioned playing drums that's not David Bedell then. No, it's uh, Andy Sinisi. Got it. Okay. Okay. So is David part of the current lineup at all, or has there been a change? No, I don't. No, no, Andy. Um, no, I know Andy's been the missing persons for. He's six, seven years, and he—I know—he fills in with Sebastian Bach when um, I forget who's the other drummer. Um, I, I forgot his name. He's just such an aggressive drummer, really great drummer. Will Will Hunt. So he, when Will Hunt's not doing it, and he's not, and Andy's on a road with his other bands, that he's doing Sebastian stuff. And in fact, I think they've been doing some demos at um, at Andy's place. Uh, Sebastian is, but. I don't think uh, Andy will be the, the full-time drummer because he has other commitments that he's doing. Got it. And what about uh, for you, Tony? Are, are um, You guys are not recording in the same room then, I guess? You're, you're on the- well, right now we're, we're sort of like in a pre-production stage. So, like we, I mean, you know, it's, it's as simple as me and Mike getting on a, a Zoom conference and then... Um, you know, coming up with ideas and stuff that I hear and he hears. And then, uh, you know, maybe he, he'll jump into the studio and he'll, you know, track something. He'll send me the files in my place and I have a, you know, uh, a studio to, to, to cut vocal. And then I'll, I'll work at melody parts and ideas and send it back to him. So we're sort of right now, you know, we, we kind of know the direction of the song. We, we, you know, we, we're nailing down the, you know, the, 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 the vibe and, 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 you know, we critique, uh, you know, we critique the vocal and make sure it's, it's bringing a, bringing the song across the right way. So we're kind of in that stage right now. And then eventually we'll, we'll get together and then, you know, just, uh, 
you know, going through the studio for like a week and then just knock everything out. Got it. Well, that's cool. Um, do you guys yeah. have any kind of a timeline when you hope to complete this record? Um, well, yeah, we, we actually were hoping it was going to be done already, but then this whole, um, you know, virus thing happened. And, uh, so right now with, you know, especially for me, I'm in New York, I'm trying to make the best of my time and, uh, you know, before travel starts opening up again, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping, you know, hopefully by the end of the summer or, you know, maybe we can release a single sooner. Um, so really it's sort of out of our control with certain things but you know we're continually working on parts and ideas um you know like probably so many other artists are doing right now oh sure yeah and man thank goodness for zoom never knew we needed it as much as uh, we found out these last three months or so huh yeah definitely good it's been a hot commodity yes yes it has wish i had bought stock some time ago but i never did <laughs> Me <laughs> go back in the time machine yeah right exactly yeah it's it, yeah it's definitely been a great thing to get us through this weirdness i'm i'm still like all disheveled like nothing still feels normal for me at all but um we've all survived it so far i guess and hopefully it's going to keep getting better yes i think so i'm, I'm encouraged to see that there is um a lot of live music going on that, um, you know, I was, I was very surprised because, you know, like I, I have several companies and one is involved with music retail and back, back lines, you know, and, and events. And um, everybody was telling me, you know, there's going to be no live venue, I mean, live music until 2021. And I was surprised that um, even as of three or four weeks ago, at, you know, um, RSD were ready to in Texas. They have 18 city uh tours and there's another guy in florida he had next he's booked for the next 23 days wow um i am even here in new york where um where tony's located where um venues or, or say more like restaurants are actually expanding their patios with with uh, video walls and light walls so that they can do um they can expand and have more people doing live shows and that's really happening now i think it was seven or eight new clubs ready near Tony that are now doing live music to about three to 500 people. Right. And uh, two weeks ago, I was in Nashville and I was surprised to see that um, I was on the main drag on, on Broadway and it was across the street from Kid Rock's place. And the way they have it set up, there's no windows. So you, from the street level, you can see all the live bands on each level. And, you know, it's definitely a cacophony of, you know, three or four bands playing at the same time. But when you're on the floor, you only hear one band at a time. But I was surprised to see three out of four floors packed, you know, with, you know, maybe three or four hundred people per floor in a different band. So, yeah, so these there is a lot of live music going on. And then in Muscle Shoals, as of two weeks ago, same thing, there was live music going on. So, I, and then I think there was another guy like the president, Ron Keel, has been really a, a great supporter of ours. And I see like this weekend he's doing the... Uh, some you know uh, motorcycle festival, you know to you know several thousand people. So it, it's happening sooner than later. You know I, I don't think there's doom and gloom in our industry as far as live events. I think maybe for the larger bands, but um, I do see you know probably by July August, you know maybe three to five thousand seniors will be a common thing again. 
Hmm. Well, that does sound encouraging. I'm not seeing it quite like that here in the Chicago area. In fact, all our big things that we do in the summertime um, all got canceled for this year. Blues Fest, Jazz Fest. We have a venue called Ravinia that brings in a variety of acts all summer long. It's an outdoor venue, too, so I was really surprised they shut that down for this season. There will be no uh, June, July, August, September concerts at that place. And um, a couple of the bars that bring in bands, they are starting to do a little bit outside, letting people in. But um, but I'm not seeing what you're seeing uh, in those other places. So that's kind of encouraging. Hopefully that will work its way into the Chicago market too, I hope. Yeah. I think it will be sooner than later. And, that, and the other thing that's been happening in um, – in California is the uh, the driving gigs. I'm not sure if you I, experienced that in Chicago yet. Not but, yet. Um, I've I've heard some talk about them though. But although I didn't realize they were doing them in California though, I thought I heard um, other countries trying it out, but I didn't know they were doing anything here. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, one of the artists that was on the, the Go Go record, and she's in Stevie Wonder's band. She just did a gig last Sunday. It was, it was over a thousand people, all in the cars, you know. But I think it works. It works better in other areas, and the people that are savvy with it, meaning, um, like, it's just not like a drive-in, like, you go to a drive-in movie, you sit in your car. In California, where these things are currently like in Oxnard, Ventura, you're almost taking, like, the tailgating, like, football tailgating mentality into a concert. So they're bringing their grills, they're bringing right. their coolers, you know, they're bringing their pickup trucks, and they're, you know, setting up the lawn chairs in front of their cars. And they're watching these bands, and, and it's great. I mean, like you said, they're getting 500 to 1,000 people, if not more. So I think mm-hmm. if somebody from a marketing standpoint or a promoter standpoint can tie in how people you know, go to a NASCAR event or go to a college football or a pro football event and tie that in with live music, I think it's, it's a winner. You know, it's such a, it's such, such a fun experience. to you, know, you hang with your friends, you get a little drunk, you make some good food, and see great music. Right. Well, that is encouraging. Are you are you seeing that a lot in New York right now too, Tony? Is that is are you seeing the same types of events taking place? Uh, here and there, I see. You know, clubs are trying to push the envelope. Um, you know, on on on. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm located in Long Island in New York, and uh, not 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 as much. You know, not as much. Uh, but there there are a few things here and there um, that they they're trying to do. Um, but obviously there's things that they can't do because they're not allowed to. So, you know, all we can hope for is, you know, hopefully the more the summer goes along that, you know, things start loosening up and, you know, and, and there's no spikes or whatever. And uh, right. hopefully we just get back to normal, you know, whatever that is these days, you know. But, yeah, right. Yeah. So with, you know, with this good sound of things opening up a bit and, and for you guys – when you do finish the record and if playing out live is available, are you guys going to hit the road at all with this and to support the record? Absolutely. That, that, that's a big resounding uh, yes. Because before yeah. the uh, pandemic hit, um, we, we were going to be part of several festivals. So we, yeah, we already had that in motion. So once they resume, the larger festivals will be a part of those. Excellent. Yeah, Definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I was telling Tony, I, I think I mentioned it to you, too. I love these two songs. So, yeah, if I had the opportunity, if you came through town, I'd love to see you guys live for sure. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll have you down. Give, give, you, give us two horns up on a 
<laughs> yes, you got it. You got it. That's right. So, what more can you tell us about the band, guys? What am, what am I missing? What haven't we? Um, what, what haven't we talked about about in theory? Uh, well, you know, I mean, it's um, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a band that's like I believe you know it's the right time for what we're doing. Um, you know, rock and roll and all the bands that I admire, or it seems like, you know, that, that come across with a powerful message and powerful music. Um, you know, like I say, you know, bands like rival sons and bands like that, I, you know, I mean, you know, to see, see, see bands like that play live or, you know, even eventually when we play live, I, I just think the music just comes across, even though it's powerful on record, it's even better live. Um, it's very emotional. And, um, you know, I mean, honestly, we like to, you know, put an EP out or a record or whatever it is. And, and hopefully we can start playing festivals, you know. And my, my thing would be hopefully somebody hears us and puts us on a leg of their tour, you know. Uh, you know, and, and just get out there in front of as many people as we can. Um, and uh, just just rock and roll, you know, old school. I like it. And who are and as a singer, as a vocalist, who are some of your um, top singers? Steven uh, Tyler. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I, honestly, it's you know, anyway, it could be Lady Gaga. She's a great singer. It could be J.B. Cannon, Rival Sons, Ian Gillen from Deep Purple. You know, it's great, great singers. Uh, yeah, Bruno Mars. You know, I mean, you know, uh, and anybody who. Anybody who sings and sings with, with, with a passion, you know, Ronnie James Dio and all, and all these, you know, singers um, that actually sing. Right. Um, I'm a fan of. I mean, and, 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 and there's certain artists, let's be honest, they're dancers, and um, which is fine. But I'm into, you know, singers. Oh, and, by the way. Yeah, I'm a good dancer at home. <laughs> but, uh, he, he, does a, he does a mean salsa by himself. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I mean, you, you, I mean, you could tell when you know, and that's why I love rock and roll is because it's not—it's not a perfect thing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not supposed to be perfect, um, exactly. And uh, you know, but that's what makes it, you know. I mean, Led Zeppelin wasn't perfect. I mean, did they need to be? I mean, it was, you know, an awesome band. I mean, neither what bands like the Beatles or anyone else were perfect, but they were great songs and very emotional songs, and and that's kind of you know, my, my take on, you know, singers. So anybody who, who sings, regardless of the genre, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm pretty much a fan of them and everyone has something to bring to the table. So I, I try to listen to singers and, and I, you know, I guess subconsciously try to absorb as much as I can. And sometimes a little thing will pop up here, pop out there that I sing and like, hmm, yeah, somebody might say, oh, that's kind of like so-and-so kind of, you know, it's not intentional. It's just, I try to, listen you know and any and you know being down to muscle shoals and all that you know you know like uh singers like eddie james and percy sledge aretha franklin i mean you know these are like amazing singers i mean sure. so i just try to absorb myself with as much as that i can and i try to hopefully bring that down into you know what i'm doing today got it got it and Mike, how about for you for guitar players? Who some are your who are some of your favorites? Well, you know, my, mine's always uh, not say a revolving door, but um, I, I'm I'm a lot like uh, 
or maybe even more so than Tony as far as um, I'm more into this, like different genres, you know, that uh, of music. You know, I just, I'm just a big fan, whether it's jazz or blues or metal, um, you know, R&B, it, it doesn't really matter. So if it's done um, with the passion, and like Tony said, it doesn't have to be perfect, but there's a passion, there's a messaging, I'm very cool. But as far as like, favorite guitar players and guitar players that are really catching my ear right now is like um, Marcus King. Do you know who Marcus King is? I am not familiar. He's, he's and Marcus King is also a great singer. Like he's, and he's probably even better singer than he is a, a guitar player, but he's definitely like one of the next guitar hero guys. And um, Derek Trucks. Right? Oh, yeah. Derek Trucks is. Uh, big fan of Derek, you know, and if you want to go a little bit more old school, you know, I love uh, Jeff Beck is, you know, my, my guy. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Bonamassa and, you know, growing up, you know, I had, you know, not the usuals. I mean, like Rick Emmett from Triumph was actually a, a really big influence on me. And, um, yeah, this is, you know, this is so many people. But lately, during, as I say, like this pandemic, um, I had a lot of time off. And I just immersed myself in excelling at all these different styles. So I, I went back and I went to um, learning how to finger pick, like, you know, Eric Clapton on his acoustic, uh, this MTV acoustic show. Mm-hmm. So I started learning that style and this ragtime finger things. You name it, it was just something like, oh, I like this funk song. You know, I'm going to, let me, let me learn everything funk. I'm going to learn everything. So I've just been like trying to be, the best student I could be. So when you know we finally put our music out there, hopefully it it, it will translate these, these things that I'm learning. You know, and, uh, sure. But yeah, but it's, it's it's everything across the board for me. Yeah. You know, uh, but still, like, but my thing first is always, and I always tell Tony this the same thing. It's the song first. You know, like I don't care if you could be the greatest guitar player, or greatest singer. If the song isn't good. It doesn't matter to me. You know, like. You know, you could take an average singer with a great song, it'll still be a great song. True. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah. Where so, if you just have an okay song but a great singer, this, this is going to be an okay song. Yeah, right. So, um, and I think guitar players are in the same boat. I, I put them in the same category. You know, so. Yeah, I can't disagree so, with you. But you guys are lucky because you got two great songs that I've gotten to hear and a great singer and some great guitar work. So you got it made. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. We're we're, we're trying our best, you know, and and, uh, it seems like um, as far as the public and and the radio stations and um, they seem to be very receptive to to stuff. And that's really been very encouraging. You know, you never know. You could. You know, we, we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into our music, and there's a lot of passion, of course. You know, it's, um, but you never know how the public's going to perceive it. True. And uh, so far, so far, it's been very positive, and um, yeah. So that's why I said we're 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 moving along. You know, probably even you know ahead of schedule to some degree, but um, yeah. So we're it's cool. That's all. <clears throat> Excellent. All right, guys. Well, I guess uh, that's a good introduction to the band in theory. We'll definitely look forward to hearing your record, hopefully sometime still in 2020, I hope. And um, 
Yeah. Maybe we'll get to see you out on the road as well. Yeah. And you're what, based out of Chicago? Chicago, yes. Yeah, okay. Well, if we play Chicago, we definitely, you definitely have to come down. We have to put you in the front row. For sure. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Because like I said, both of, both of the songs I've heard so far are smoking. I love them. Thank, Thank you. you, man. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. All right, guys. Well, thanks for dropping by Radio Bypass today and letting us know a little more about the In Theory Band. Uh, again, this is Mike Mosert and Tony Cavino on Radio Bypass with us today. And even though I've played the two songs I've got before, I will add them at the end of this interview. So if you're checking this interview out, stay tuned for two outstanding tracks at the end of this interview. Turn it up loud. Rock and roll. Crank it. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. Have a great one. See you, Ralph. So that was my conversation with Mike and Tony from In Theory yesterday. And as promised during this interview, here's two of their tracks. First up, you're going to hear a song called She's Gone, and that'll be followed up by Can't Find My Way. Check out some brand new rock and roll that deserves to be heard from In Theory. <laughs> 